Alrighty, we are back here on this beautiful, beautiful July 14th, 2023. This is the day that the Lord has made. This is a day that regardless of what you're going through, He can turn it around for His glory and He will see you through. He don't always take you above and He always don't take you under, but He will surely take you through. Amen. Weather looks beautiful today, a little hot, 92, humid with intervals of clouds and sunshine throughout the day, And uh, but it's going to be a pretty day. Tomorrow's going to cool down quite a bit, 79 degree high tomorrow, and then it's, of course, cloudy, humid, and cooler with a few showers and possibly a heavy thunderstorm. Thunderstorms can produce flash flooding and damaging winds, so be watchful tomorrow on that regard, um, and so just... Uh, it's going to be a hot one, though, today. So just make sure that you're cognitive of that as you're out and about. Don't forget um, Clarkson Communities, VBS beginning next week. That's going to be an amazing event, Wednesday, July 17th. Ours here at Bethel Fellowship begins August 3rd, 4th, and 5th. Bishop Lance Johnson will be at Madrid Pentecostal down the road, just on 401 right there, July 16th, this Sunday night, beginning at 6 o'clock p.m., and then man up at the lake July 27th. And then go ahead and get on your calendars for those who loves a good concert. Greater Vision free concert, 6, 6 p.m. Central Time at the Grace. Let's see here. Opening, where's that at? East Main Street's going to be there. Opening up will be Dennis Cook from First Baptist Church, worship leader and Gracing County High School Men's Choir. Um, and then the Harvest Crusade coming up September 10th, 11th, and 12th. If you ever want us to get more information out for an event that you guys are hosting out there in the community, whether it's a church, a benevolence, or some kind of community embetterment, um, we love to announce that here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. You can text me at 270-230-6337, or you can call the station at 270-257-2689. Remember, today is the last time to get your name in for this drawing for a $25 Dollar General gift card. Friday question number one, sponsored by the Sicilian Bank. What mountain did the Lord descend upon in fire and the mountain quake? Again, 270-257-2689. You can call in at the next break and get your name in for that. Amen. Well, Miss Hannah, how are you this week morning? I'm doing good. It's Friday. It's Friday. Thank the good Lord. It's Friday. Instead of TGIF, it's T T G L I. F. <laughs> Thank the good Lord, it's Friday. Um, you got any big weekend plans? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I might. Uh, we might work on some VBS stuff. Oh so that yeah, that might be something we do this weekend. We're we're seeing, uh, and then I'm just excited for Lance to mm-hmm. be here this Sunday. So yeah, it's gonna be great. I'm clearing my schedule for that. <laughs> Amen. Um, I just love when he's here, and he's just became a. I don't know, just just a connect a divine connection it feels like with sure. with um the ministries around here. So Yeah. Um very much anticipating the move of the spirit Sunday night. And I know God's got big things in store all to the glory of his name. Amen. So it's gonna be a great weekend. As always, we wanna remind you that we do have prayer here at Bethel Fellowship on Saturday nights, and if you ever want to come out and pray with us, we are more than um you know it's, it would be awesome for you to be able to do that and we love having people come pray with us so um don't matter what church you attend don't matter anything like that it's open to anybody who wants to come and just pray and seek the face of the lord with us and um, we can begin that at seven o'clock on saturday nights and we're just inviting you guys to come out and be a part of that amen, amen. well um i guess that will cover it for announcements 
our announcements and all the intros are usually pretty late on Friday because of uh, Mr. Bjork on for the first few minutes every Friday morning. So we have to cover our our intro kind of deal later on in the broadcast. But it's okay. It's all right. School's right around the corner. Hope you parents are gearing up for that. It's unbelievable that summer is well over halfway through. Um, our BCA starts within... It's under a month now. We're about three weeks, three and a half weeks out. Um, and so really excited about this school year. If you want more information about Bethel Christian Academy, of course, you can call the office over there, 270-257-8330. So has the Lord laid anything on your heart lately, Hannah? Um, well, I do have a few questions here just as we get into the broadcast. Um, oh, I love I, questions. But I did want to say um, before we get into it, just for the announcements portion. Um, if anybody is wondering about, um, still wondering how to download the app, uh, maybe you listen, you used to listen on the app, but you don't have the new app. Um, on our Facebook page, I think I shared it also on the um, Bethel Facebook, but it should be both on the Bethel Facebook and the Box 2 Radio Facebook. Um, it has a link that you just click that link and it just, it takes you straight to the new app. And so from there, you just, you know, follow what it tells you to do. Um, and then also anyone who goes to our Bethel website, we have the instructions posted on there as well. But the instructions are on the Facebook post also. So there's ways that, um, that you can find how to download the app if you haven't done that already. Um, and if you need any extra help with it, I've helped a lot of different people download the app on their phone. So you can always call um, the station at 270-257-2689. Yes. So. And we do understand that with the Tidely Church app, if you use another church app that's already through Tidely Church app, we're trying to figure out, um, Miss Jeannie does that with one of the churches, and it does add a little bit of a... Um, not an issue or a problem, but a little bit of a challenge. And so we're trying to work through that. So Miss Jeannie, if you're listening, I'm still working through how to most easily go back and forth between them. But it is possible. Um, but the app itself is a much better app than we previously had. A lot more um, opportunities and resources. That's got a Bible on there, the prayer wall, the events page. Um, you can listen to podcasts straight from the app. Am I missing anything, Hannah? You can... Um, you can. Yeah, we have the. Did you say the events page yep. already? And then yeah. you can just have, press call us, and it calls us. Um, you can give like it's an easy, just straight way to give if um, if you want to do that. And then the the listening um, live is easy to find. It's super. It's a it's a big icon, so it's not hard to find. How do I how do I find it? Yeah. Um. And so honestly, I love the the podcast. Uh, being able to go back and listen to the previous ones that you've missed. That's really helpful. Um. We also have some Bethel sermons on here. Um, I need to update some of the newer ones, but there's quite a few Bethel sermons on there as well. Um, and then it just has a lot and it's a lot, it's just a lot easier. So, and with a prayer wall, we really want more people to interact with. So, um, that's something that we really like that's on there. Um, and then there's also a little Bible portion. If, uh, it's just easy to click. If you need to look up a verse to interact with us on the broadcast, you just click on that. It's the ESV version that's on there. Amen. So, um, and also I did want to bring up about prayer. I know that we have a lot of different options here for prayer mm -hmm. at Bethel. Um, and any of you who, you know, just want to get connected in prayer, um, it's not like we're just praying for Bethel. Like when we pray, um, we are in prayer for our nation. We are in prayer for an intercession for our community. Um, 
it's whatever the spirit of God lays on our heart. Um, and so on the website, uh, the Bethel website, which is, uh, the Bethel um, I've updated also some, the calendar that has like a recurring calendar. So it'll tell like what days we have prayer here, um, what times and what times the prayer vigil is here as well. So, um, there are, there's quite a few options for prayer here. Um, we have the prayer vigil all day on Wednesday from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. We have the prayer vigil on Saturday all day from 10 a.m. to 10 p.m. And then Miss Doyle, uh, Billie Jean, she always has prayer, um, on Saturday mornings at nine o'clock. And then we always have prayer on Saturday evening starting at seven o'clock. Um, and then we also have the Tuesday, um, intercession, uh, meeting at 10 a.m. So there's so many different times um, that we meet for prayer and we really believe in the power of prayer. Um, and I have heard some more people that I know that there's some other churches, thank the Lord, that are starting to, you know, have more prayer meetings and things like that. Um, but if you don't have a church to gather with that, you know, has prayer meetings and you want to gather with corporate prayer, then feel free to reach out to us for that as well. Amen. All right. Give us some of these questions. What's these questions you got? I like questions. Okay. So one of them that I have been thinking about actually since, and I need to pull it up on my Bible as I'm, as I'm asking the question, but, um, this question actually I've been thinking about since it was mentioned as a part of Megan Fortner's message when she was here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's the verse is Matthew six fourteen. Let me get to that real quick. Matthew six fourteen. Okay, and then the question is: Does unforgiveness hinder your prayers as a believer? All right, Matthew. What was it again? Matthew six fourteen. All right. I'm going there. If you forgive your men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. And the question, can unforgiveness hinder answers to your prayer? Well, I th- for me, I would start out like this. I think it definitely has the possibility to, um, especially contingent upon what you're praying for. If you are praying for peace or you're praying, praying for rest or you're praying uh, maybe there's just a struggle, maybe there's a sickness, um, because I believe that unforgiveness will at times result in sickness or something to that regard. I believe that if we're unwilling to let go of unforgiveness, then it can definitely fester and breed in our hearts. And I think that it could distract us. I think it can definitely hinder us. I think it could be a, a sin that easily besets us. Um, now, again, I, I stick to what I preach on Sunday night, I mean Wednesday night, that or was teaching that I don't get to go to prayer and talk to the Father because I'm good enough. Jesus has made the way for me to have a communication and communion with the Father. But there are there are hindrances to communion that can develop if I continue an unrepented, open, blatant sin. And it, it's not that it breaks communion, but it hurts it. Like, my dad never ceased to be my dad. Even if communion was struggling or something like that, I, he was still my dad. There's still always that relationship. That The relationship is not based, or the initiation of the communion is not based upon me. It's based upon Jesus. But the level of communion I have with him can be altered, I do believe, based upon my unforgiveness, based upon my lust, based upon my anger, based upon my sin. And those are the sins I believe that easily beset us. 
And yeah. so that's what I would start out because I'm not heard this question. So I'm just trying to think on the whim here, but mm-hmm. yeah, it just, it got me thinking, um, you know, because I mean, it does say in that verse that if we don't forgive ever, I mean, mm. if we're not able to forgive, then the father won't be able to forgive us. So it's, yeah. I mean, it's a serious thing. <laughs> it's a serious problem. I think in the church. Yeah. I think unforgiveness is definitely a issue. Um, and, I think it's an issue because we think that internally, whether we want to vocalize it or unpack it like it like we really need to, we're not is that we think people deserve it. Yeah. You know, and um, here's one thing that's really hard. Forgiveness for us shouldn't always be contingent upon if somebody asked for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I mean by that is this is they may never want your forgiveness they may never ask for your forgiveness. They may never even think you did. they did you wrong. But the only one that's really hurting is you. Like, they're not even thinking about it. They're not worried about it. They think you probably owe them an apology. But the one that unforgiveness really festers and hurts is you. And I think it is an epidemic in the church of unforgiveness. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking back to, I think it, I don't know how long ago it was. I think it was maybe a month or more ago, but um, when you preached on unforgiveness, do you mm-hmm. remember? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, that was a, I feel like a lot of people that, that touched a lot of people and that a lot of people were able to let go of some things that morning. Um, yeah. And I, that morning sticks out to me actually, yeah. because it was just, it was very powerful and um, just giving that opportunity for, for people to lay things down because yeah. it's easier to just push it down and forget about things like that. Um, and it's easier to just keep going on with the same sure. old, same old and just keep holding on to it, mm-hmm. but, but not holding on. Sometimes it's not even like at the surface. Sometimes it's like buried so deep that you don't even realize yeah. that you have unforgiveness until somebody brings it up. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you realize, Oh, that's the reason why, you know, I've been, all these other issues have been coming about because really the at the root of it, it was unforgiveness. Yeah. Um, and I just remember that that morning and it was very, a powerful morning. I remember when I was young. Um, well, I, I like to think of myself as young, but when I was really young in the faith, um, I had been born again for more than a f- maybe two or three, four years. And um, there was something that I encountered as a young child um that I actually forgot. Like I had suppressed it. I didn't think about it. Um, it was not something I pondered on, but it was there. And I never knew it was there. And I remember, you know, going through the seasons of praying, God, make me right. Um, you know, clean the caverns of my heart. And we should always be praying that because there's always things the the Lord is unraveling and revealing so that we could be conformed more in the image of his son. But in this season, he revealed this to me. And it was so subconsciously wounding me that I never realized it. And then once he revealed it, I had to deal with it. And it was very difficult. It was very hard. Um, I, I had to get to the point where the person who um, the person who I had to forgive, I even at 22 years old, I didn't have enough. It was I didn't have enough in me to go face to face, but I knew I had to let him go. Um, and so I wrote that person a letter and say, hey, I forgive you, um, you know. And now this person never even remembered anything. Like, they didn't even remember it. and But I remembered it. And I didn't remember it until I asked the Lord to reveal things in my heart that was wounding me. Mm-hmm. And um, I had to deal with the unforgiveness. I had to deal with forgiving them. 
I had I wrote the letter. I did all that. I felt like the Lord really released me from that. I feel like the Lord restored, and I feel like there was a closerness, a closerness. I don't know if you use. There was a intimacy. There was a communion that had been um, that was going deeper, and that's what happens. I think with unforgiveness, it's um, you know, it's even the scripture, "Forgive you men trespass, your fathers will forgive you." You know, because my Father has forgiven me. You know, we're not trying to earn God's forgiveness. God's forgiveness is through the cross. But what is what I believe that scripture is really saying, you know, if we forgive others, your heavenly father, you know, he's forgiven you. He's forgiven you. He he who has been forgiven much loves much. You know, all these kind of scriptures. And I think it's just a it's a conditional statement. I forgive. My father forgives me. I will forgive because my father give forgives me. Um, and I believe father forgive me as I forgive those who trespass against me. Like, you know, it's, you remember the story the parable of the guy who, um, the Lord forgave his debt mm-hmm. and then he went and wouldn't, wouldn't let go of somebody else's debt that was much smaller than his debt. And I think that's a lot of Christians. Yeah. And I think we have to be very cautious. Um, uh, yeah, that's true. And, um, that's a good, um, parable to think back to. Yeah. So that that happened in my life, and um, I think that would that unforgiveness have sent me to hell? I don't think so. Like I think that God's mercy is the thing that um, I think I think it's really good. But was it hurting my personal relationship and my communion with the Father? Yes, because there was por- there was portions of my heart that I never dealt with, and there was still that in there. So, yeah, I just think that scripture is pretty strong, though. Like if we can't forgive that he won't forgive it. I don't know. I just, you know, like, I mean, that's the words that it says, Yeah. which I didn't look into the context before, but I mean, it's a pretty strong statement. (laughs) It's kind of a hard one. It, it is a hard one. It is a hard one. Um, and I think that we always have to remember when we deal with texts like this, that, when we hear what Jesus is teaching, we always have to take everything in full contextual understanding. So in this, like, um, forgive me, forgive others as Jesus forgived us, then there is a direct correlation. Like as I forgive others, I believe the Lord forgives us. Like love covers a multitude of sins, you know, these all these things. Now, I do not want to say that me forgiving others is a thing that causes me to be born again or stay born again. Um, I, I think that if you go to other portions of the text, like Ephesians chapter 2 or other portions, you know, he, he says that it's not our works. It's by grace. So I think here Jesus is actually, he's dealing with the context of the Lord's Prayer. That's what he's dealing with. And so it's all right there. And then he, because he just above he goes give us as our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors and lead us not to temptation believer deliver us from evil for if you forgive others their trespasses your heavenly father will also forgive you but if you do not forgive others their trespasses near neither will your heavenly father forgive you and that is an incredibly difficult portion of text like i'm not gonna lie not, I, I don't i can't twist it to make it sound like any other way but i don't i you know, I think that I think we're seeing Jesus in a talk about the same parable he talked about earlier. I don't know if if we're that guy who Christ forgave us uh, our debt, 
but we can't forgive somebody else's of their debt, then at the end of the day, I'm not for sure we ever experienced really the full love and the glory and the forgiveness of Christ and been changed. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. I'm either on that or, I mean, I do f- believe that there's certain things that happen that are very hard to forgive mm. more than others, you know? A hundred percent. And I think... I don't know. It just makes me wonder that through the course of our life, even up until we're about to take our last breath, you know, if the Lord gives us an opportunity in those moments, if we've been holding something our whole life, you know, mm-hmm. it just has me thinking of situations like that because I, I mean, I believe the scripture. I believe what it says. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I take it seriously, sure. very seriously. But I also do believe that, you know, there's been, even times with people getting saved near their death experience, you know, and things like that. So I definitely believe that God, you know, cares enough about his children that he would want to offer opportunities like that for us to be able to forgive and let go of things before, you know, and make amends with people. Um, Cause I've seen that a lot. I've sure. seen um, like family members um, getting near, you know, passing away and then making amends with people. Uh, making yeah. amends and forgiving and then other people forgiving them before that time. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's just, I think there's more to it than we, I think we like to kind of, <laughs> I've never zoned in on this scripture really uh, before. I mean, I've, I know the scripture, but it, it's a serious one. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm doing a poor job unpacking this because it's a very difficult text and you, you have to deal with it with, all of the seriousness that this text deserves to be dealt with, but also the contextualization of the rest of Scripture. Mm-hmm. I do not believe here that Jesus is saying this regarding to initial regeneration. So I don't think this is a work that saves us, like in the sense of being born again. But I think it's a necessity in our walk with Christ to continue in our personal building and in personal maturity that we must forgive. And Jesus is here teaching his disciples how to pray. He's not teaching unforgiveness, un- unbelievers how to pray. He's teaching believers how to pray. He's teaching his disciples how to pray. Because they asked him, how do we pray? Pray in this manner. And then he goes into directly this correlation because he's correcting fasting. He's correcting all these things. And he's actually talking, well, he's talking to really two people. He's talking to dis- disciples. He's teaching them how to pray. But also the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and the religious people are around them. And because he's dealing with their um, hypocrisy and fasting, he's dealing with their hypocrisy and giving. They want to sound these big prayers out. He's actually dealing with religion because religion will tell us that we want to be forgiven, but we don't have to forgive anybody else. Mm-hmm. And so I think what he's doing here ultimately in this text is he's actually dealing with our personal relationship, walking with Christ day to day. And that if we can't learn to forgive others, then how can we expect God to continue to forgive our failures after being born again or continue to pour out his blessing and give us all of his glory? Like we pray for the glory of God. We pray for the blessing of God. We pray for the provision of God, yet we can't forgive somebody. Yeah. And and I think this text ultimately, and again, we're running out of time, so it, it's dealing to a people that he's discipling, but also around him that the at the Sermon on the Mount, it was specifically to his disciples, but everywhere he went, others were hearing. Unless it was like this private conversation with Peter and James, basically. John John and Peter and James, they kind of disappear with him a lot. But yeah. you don't I mean, if he's teaching this whole Sermon on the Mount, I get I bet there are people everywhere. Yeah. I mean, 
I definitely think hypocrisy is a big thing. I know we have to go to a break, but is a big portion of the reasoning behind this too because the next verse he talks about it. Yes. And so I think he's dealing with the hypocrisy of people wanting to be forgiven by God but never forgiven anybody else. Yeah. And and truly that is hurting our witness. Yes. If, if a brother or sister knows that we're holding unforgiveness and that unforgiveness is causing us to treat people the way or not in a way that Christ would treat them, you yeah. know, that is ruining our yeah. And and I'm a big grace guy. I'm not sloppy grace, but I am a big grace guy. But grace never gives you the permission to continue in sin and think it's no big deal. And if you can continue in sin with no conviction, you probably never encounter Jesus. I don't know any other way to say it. Like, do I still sin? I still fail. I still have my issues. I still struggle. Am I bound to it? No. Romans says not. I don't, I'm not. Peter. I mean, Paul talks about casting off those um, besetting sins. Let them go. But... When I do sin, there's a lot of conviction, (laughs) you know, because I know him and he lives in me. And if we can continue in sin without no conviction, then you may not have the king of kings living in your heart yet. He may not have gave you a new heart. I'm not trying to be your judge. That's for you to determine. I'm not telling you yay or nay. I'm never going to say you're saved. You're not saved. That's God's place. I'm going to tell you that we can determine by the fruit. And I think one of the fruits, the determining factor, if we've been born again or not, is do we forgive others? Yep. And I think that is a byproduct of being a Christ follower or disciple of Christ. As Christ has forgiven us, let us forgive others. Because how can we think that we can be forgiven by God but never forgive anybody? We want our trespasses taken care of, but I'm going to hold everybody else's over their head. It's not fruit. It's bad fruit. Yep. And it's a challenging text, 100%. <laughs> Sorry about it. Um, <laughs> just had to had to do it this morning. Well, I, I just feel like we—I know we got to go to break, but— I just feel like sometimes we take this, it's very easy to take one text and take it out of the context of the whole scripture. And that's why it's so important to have a biblical worldview and a biblical oversight narrative of the whole of scripture so that we can bring everything into proper context and realize exactly how it all fits together. Because it is a beautiful puzzle masterpiece when we see it all working to the glory of God. All right, let's reread first question, and we'll come back here um, with some more Bible discussion, probably hit some of that a little bit more. Uh, Friday, question number one, what mountain did the Lord descend upon in fire and mountain quake? 270-257-2689. We're going to be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All right, we are back here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio. We do have an answer for this trivia question. Miss Mary got that answer right, and praise the Lord for that. And she said, Mr. Ernie's doing better every single day, so we give God glory. Um, he, We love Miss Mary and Mr. Ernie tremendously, um, <clears throat> and we are just excited uh, to, to to share that praise report that Mr. Ernie is improving and I know they appreciate all of the prayers um, that have Keep gone praying, up. though, he said. He came yes. in the studio the other day, and he said, I said, there's a walk-in prayer, uh, a walk, walking answered prayer right there. And he said, well, keep on praying for me, because I think he's still having to get some tests run. But we're praising the Lord that he's walking and he's here. So. Yeah. I'm trying to look, make sure I get all the, look at some texts. And uh, one listener said, can... Um, Hard subject, isn't it? Simplicity of Christ, Paul speaks of. Um, the gospel, there's a simplicity in it, but then there's this complexity as well, trying to understand all that God has done. Amen. It's a simple thing. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that he is Lord and you shall be saved. 
but then all the stuff that is a byproduct of being saved is a depth of richness and wisdom and incredible um, blessing and provision. But then, um, as always, I think we have to realize the issue of personal relationship, walking, communion, don't want to be tripped up, and what justification would be, per se. And um, then I got another text about skin tag eradication healing is easy and even scar free replied one zero one one for more information <laughs> um so i didn't know i had so many skin tags that people were texting me about that but uh, actually i don't even know if i ever get spam texts like that it just popped up on my phone as i was reading them so i'm glad that skin tag removal and eradication is easy and scar free it's about time they've got that done i've been waiting for that for a long time so that i can get all my skin tags removed without any fear of scarring um i'm glad i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to reply that for more information so i can must have been a distraction (laughs) what in the world (laughs) oh my goodness i love it I love it. <clears throat> All right. So we got one trivia question. We still have we another do. one. Yes, we do. I'll read the um I'll read the second trivia question in the next break and then after we come back from the break we'll do the drawing. And um That's because good. it's I'm in the producing room and it's a little bit more difficult to um um answer the phone while you're on the middle yeah. there. Uh, one listener said that is a forgiveness tag. So I'm getting <laughs> the tag of unforgiveness removed, scar free. Oh Lord. I like it. All right. I'm glad it can be removed. Whoever that was texted you a lot. I saw a lot of text <laughs> bubbles on there. Yeah. Um, and so we are moving forward. You got another question for us? I like that question. It's a good question, Hannah. Yeah, that was probably my best question. The other yeah. ones, I don't know how good they are. But, I like it. Um, but let's see here. Um, okay, so this one isn't really... I mean, we could... We could go into the scripture of it, um, but it's not as much of a, like, scripture question. It's sure. kind of just like a... Um, so, I was just thinking about um, Paul and Peter and just many others in the, throughout the scriptures that were, um, that were put into prison. But yet, they still, like, they weren't very phased by it. <laughs> like, yeah. they knew, like, they rejoiced in, like, their persecution. They rejoiced. Like, I think it says at one point, right, that Peter, like, was, ha- was happy or joyful. Basically I think it was danced Peter. down the road. Yes. Yeah, so, like, the fact that God used them in that to accomplish his will. Like, mm-hmm. God used them in that to, I mean, even be in the scriptures to show us that you can have joy during persecution and that he always has a plan and that we're safer in his hand than we, like, no matter where we are, if we're in a jail cell or wherever. Sure. Um, but also, I realized that the world was, like, they were not receiving the messages that they had for the world at that point. So my question was, do you think we will see that happen again like nearing the last days like with believers and if so um like with could it be a way to reach people like could the imprisonment be a specific way for god um, to reach people even in the the jails yeah it's very like theoretical yeah i think it's already happening um you hear testimonies and you can read if you even take time um anybody out there to read the fox's book of martyr and if you even read some of the testimonies happening on the earth today about persecution, because we always got to remember that um, martyrdom is not something that used to happen. Martyrdom is happening right now. Like as we've been on this broadcast, somebody in this world has been martyred because of their Christian faith. 
um, in Nigeria, China, and other areas of the world, um, all across the nations, there is martyrdom happening. Even in America, there's people that has and still is being um, persecuted, prosecuted, I mean, not prosecuted, persecuted, or even... Probably prosecuted. <laughs> martyred for their faith. Yeah. I mean, if you look at Col- Columbine, you know, it's like, um, you know, there was, uh, what was the girl's name? Um, she even had a, she had a book about her and everything. What was her name? You remember? Um, I know. I oh, can't think of her name. I think it, was it Rachel? Probably. Maybe? I think it was. Sounds right. Rebecca or Rachel. I think it's Rachel. Um, but, you know, wasn't she asked, denounced God or yeah. denounced Jesus? Yeah. And, and she wouldn't do it. And I think that that's a statement. And so I believe it's already happening. And I believe that churches that are under great persecution are actually the fastest growing church in the world because it crushes the oil. Now, again, that does not mean that I think every church should be having martyrs every single day. Like, we're not praying for that. But what we do see is a, is they're finding a great joy and a great strength. That does not exempt them from the martyrdom, though. Like, it just doesn't get them out. But I do think the apostles and the disciples at this time had found a joy, and they were like, Christ suffered for me, so why should I not suffer for him? They, they found yeah. a joy in the suffering. And they, you didn't see the fear either. Yeah. Like, it didn't seem like, and I'm sure, like, yes, there's a level of, like, initial fear, but, like, they weren't walking in that fear. But I guess my question, and I, I love talking about Mar- the, you know, the persecuted church because it's, we need to remember. We don't need to just act like it's not happening. Yeah. Like, we don't need to be ignorant of it. Um, but I guess my question was more geared towards the U.S. Mm-hmm. and, like, prison. Like, not as much at, at the point of, like, um, being murdered for our faith, but like imprisonment, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I just, there was a, uh, testimony recently. Um, I won't get into it while we're on the air, but, um, about someone who, you know, has been falsely accused and is in prison right now. Mm-hmm. So it just, it, it got me thinking like, could God like start to do more things like that? And then also it got me thinking like do things like use it for his glory of being able to witness to people in the jails, which I know that's like a create it, it now where, you know, in the times that we're in right now, we have freedom. That's, that seems like a crazy concept that God would just put us in a jail cell so that we could like have us actually be in jail so that we could, you know, witness. But I think he could do that if that sure. was his will for his purpose. But I guess I just thought about um, when our freedom starts to decrease, like when mm-hmm. our freedom starts to get less and less and like things we are, we're already seeing things like the offense being getting offended by Christian or by the Bible mm-hmm. um, and, you know, the cancel culture and all sure. of these things. Um, I guess I was just thinking of like, in, at the point where we will have to walk on eggshells more, thinking about imprisonment. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you're certain parts of the nation already, like I believe it was California that made a law, if you preach certain parts of the Bible, it could be considered like conversion therapy ban and all this. And you could possibly be under legal issues um, for preaching certain part of the Bible about LGBTQ movement or something to that regard. So I think it's already here. Um, Joseph was sent to prison. Um, and he was sent to prison off of a false allegation or false accusation. And then yet God used it and definitely bring it around for his glory. So all of that I do believe is here. It's coming in America. I will believe will face greater persecution in the church. Um, our idea of persecution right now is somebody didn't like our service or, or, um, you know, it's, it's something kind of petty at the end of the day. 
but I can foresee definitely a future where preaching certain parts of the Bible is not just banned in certain states, but it's going to become more of an issue. Um, This is why it's, when I fight for religious freedom and I make a stand for it, I believe that comes with religious freedom for any religion in the nation. So if I don't ever try to suppress another um, religion's voice. So like denomination. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't want the government to come in and shut down mosque. You know, I don't want the government coming in and shut down synagogues. I want the spirit of God to move in such a way and revival to break out that they're all empty. But I don't, I'm, I don't, I think it's an overstep of any government to come and dictate and try to have jurisdiction over religious organizations. Yeah. And, and so we should have a fight for religious freedom across the board because the last thing we want to do, and I think actually Jim Waters started to allude to this the other day, that if we try to take free speech from one person, there's going to take free speech from all people. And then we become a very socialist and Marxist type nation to where everything is, is, is controlled. And do I see that coming in America? I see the, the birthing of it. And yeah. if, if you go back to Alice Bailey and some other ones in the New Age movement, that's what they wanted. And so I think that um, I think people's going to end up, um, you know, you hear a lot of pastors, I've heard them say, well, I guess if they send me to jail for preaching this, then I'll have a jail ministry. And I don't see stuff like that really out of out of reach or out of thought. Yeah, that's kind of, that is where I'm at with yeah. this question. Like, um, I just, I don't know. I just think about these things and um, I just wonder how far off they are. But there's also, there is a joy in it. Like, I know it's it's not ideal. I <laughs> know we don't really want to sign up for it, but I've just caught myself thinking about it. And there is a level of excitement that comes with preaching the gospel under pressure. Yep. There yeah. really is. I mean, I don't think, I think we've gotten so used to being comfortable that like it just seems like a dreadful thing, but I don't know. I just, I was thinking about their joy mm-hmm. that they had in it and like yeah. that excitement. Yeah. Well, um, I think the underlining thing, even behind the joy is they had great trust. Yeah. They had learned to trust. And when Paul makes a statement that in um, Romans chapter 8, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose, then we learn to trust that whatever we walk through, he lights the path for the righteous. He sets the path. His ways are higher than our ways. And it all comes back to the one word sums up Christianity for us believers, and that is trust. Yeah. That whatever happens. Now, if we are in grotesque sin and something happens, that's not trust you know but we can we can pray for god to forgive us and to free us or whatever to have mercy but if we're walking in righteousness and really do i preach that i think joseph was a little too close to sin because he got so close he could grab his coat but i don't think he was in sin does that make Mm -hmm. sense and i think joseph was walking a righteous life joseph was walking along and god allowed him to be in certain situations but if he never went in those certain situations he would never end up in egypt at the right hand of pharaoh and he would have never saved Israel. And Israel would have died in the wilderness and never become the great nation that God had called it to be. And so Joseph had to learn to trust. And we today still have to learn to trust. And if we don't trust, we will never have joy. Because if we're always fearful, it rips joy out of it. Yep. And um, our joy our joy is actually a byproduct of our trust. And if we don't trust, we don't have joy. Because the joy is found in that whatever happens, I know he's with me. Yeah. And I know he's going to walk it through with me. 
and I know he's going to be there. Everything will work out at the end of the day. For the good. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Miss Gale says, in England, a lady was arrested for praying to herself, not even out loud, across the street from an abortion clinic. The policeman asked her if she was praying, and she said yes, and then she was taken into custody. Um, I definitely know that around abortion clinics and stuff, like just not in England, but in America too, there's becoming a lot more tension. And um, where you can pray and what you can do in front of abortion clinics are becoming a lot bigger of an issue. There was some, um, I think there was some Catholic priest or um, some things regarding that not too long ago. And I'm not always up to the news. Forgive me. I don't read as much as I used to. But I think they were taken in for a federal offense for something to, regarding to abortion clinic. And now he, I think he was released, and I think he was, um, it was dismissed. But I think stuff like that is going to become more prevalent because, for one, you got to understand that as um, as we're learning and growing as listeners, we got to understand this, and as Bible students, we have to understand it is that the system of Babylon is being fully established, and the system of Babylon is the Antichrist system, and the Antichrist system hates Christians, it hates believers, it hates disciples. Now, Babylon is falling one day. We have it confirmed in Scripture. Babylon will fall. But right now, Babylon is running rampant. And the Babylon is not just an economic system. It has sexual immorality. It has martyrdom. It is the Antichrist regime that will reign on the earth. And in this system, Christians will be persecuted. They will be martyred. They will be coming against. The enemy wants us undermined. He wants us to get truth out of us. And for me, this is one of the reasons that I am so, and I know people get so tired of me hearing this, and I'm so anti-conspiracy theory. It's not because I don't even think that some of these could be wrong or right. It's I never want to give the world a a permission not to believe something I say. And I got to watch out because when you're storytelling, I'm a horrible storyteller. I don't mean to get it wrong, but I get it wrong all the time. And so, but I don't want even, even in that, I don't want people to not believe, like, we as Christians operate on truth. Like, that's what we do. And if we are carried away by every wind, then when does the people start believing us and stop believing us? And I think the Babylonian system and the Antichrist spirit will use that to discredit or try to discredit what we say. And so yeah. that's why we will give an account for every idle word that we say. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's all one big old thing. I think it's balanced too because I think it's important like to stay to be watchful, especially if you're like a watchman, you know, like being watchful of what's going on. And even having personal conversations is one thing. Um, but just having that balance that it's not the only thing you're you're meditating on. Yeah. It's not the main thing that we always have to make sure that we're not meditating on conspiracy theory more than scripture. Or meditating on this yeah. thing more than and what we're talking about, yeah. you know. And I think it's, I think it's worth clarifying that I'm not talking about attacking the sex trafficking industry or anything like that's not conspiracy theory. The left wants us to believe that's a conspiracy theory because they're even coming out against the movie Sounds of Freedom. No, that's truth. I mean, uh, that's truth. Like it's really videos, happening. Like. I mean, but the left has, there's a site called Jezebel or something like that. Imagine that. Um, and they're like, you know, Sound of Freedom is nothing more than a conspiracy theory movie. And um, it's from Q on and stuff like that. I saw that, but yeah, that's um, actually, that's a worldly, that's a, uh, that's a left- leftist yeah, that's and a leftist Jezebel. website. Yeah. Wow. Okay. And so, um, you know, that's that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is 
um, like 2020, everything went crazy, like crazy. And the church went nuts. And, um, and we, we did lose some ability to speak. Like, I guess at the end of the day, I guess maybe this is a better way to sum it. I don't want to cut the guy's ear off in the garden before he can hear the gospel. And, and if we're always running with every single thing we hear, we, we will have a tendency to cut the ear off. And the Babylonian system, the Antichrist spirit, loves that because he can use it then. Yeah. Um, and we have to be on guard. I definitely think right now with everything that's going on that, like, I mean, what you're saying right now to me, I just keep thinking of the word strategic. Because mm-hmm. I do believe that, and I'm learning, like, there, it comes with maturity because when you are still learning in the faith and maybe like haven't experienced certain things yet it is easy to run with things oh yeah or it's easy to get excited and i've experienced that even recently like entering into new seasons with the lord that i've never entered into or new experiences it's easy to get excited and let that excitement or passion over you know be stronger than discernment or be stronger than wisdom, you know? But I think that strategy is what the Lord's raising up warriors right now who are going to be strategic because we don't want to give the enemy any ground. None. We don't want to get, we don't want to, even if we have good intentions, we can have the best of intentions and still get and still mess up and the Lord can redeem it, but it's just better. The Lord wants us to have wisdom and I think he does want us to have strategies. Yeah. We should expose the works of the enemy, 100%. Like, um, if you've not watched Sounds of Freedom, um, it's it's a movie that everybody should watch, in my opinion. I'm not, you know, it's, you honestly, you can go get free tickets. I mean, from their pay-it-forward thing, you can go watch free tickets. I'm not even trying to get you to go spend money or anything. It's just, it's, it's, it's revealing, it's enlightening, it's not conspiracy theory, that's truth. Um, our kids are under attack. You know, um, leftist ideology in a lot of areas is um, honestly anti-Christ. You know, it's it's anti-Christ truth. It's anti-Christ spirit. It's anti-Christ. I'm not saying Democrats are. All right. So don't hear me and say that. I think their ideology or the spirits behind a lot of their ideologies are. And we have to just be cautious. And we always got to remind ourselves of what Paul says that. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, spiritual things, and high places. Our fight for too long has been against people. So we've made, and this is where we can't do we can't make Christianity Republicans and non-Democrats non-Christians. You know, we can't do that. Like, we've got to take this political party out of it, this conspiracy thing, whatever it is, and we just have to be focused on the kingdom. Because before, I'm a Republican. I mean, I am. I'm a registered Republican. But I think there's a lot of Republicans that are out there that are fake and feeding a lot of spiritual things as well before i'm anything i'm a believer and i want to be biblical and i want to expose anything that's anti-biblical so i'm not attacking democrats i'm not attacking republicans i'm attacking spirit things spiritual things i'm i want to tear down the strong codes i want to tear down the ideologies i want to tear down the liberal ideologies i want to tear down socialism all these things that are anti-christ yeah, um, I think we have to be careful looking at the labels of Republican and Democrat because I know Christians on both sides that are being deceived by those parties. Sure, um, and I know that they're Christians. I know that they're born again. But the you know the Bible talks about there there will be mass deception. Yeah. I mean there will be we peep, Christians will be deceived, mm-hmm. and that's why us speaking truth and what you know you're talking about of you know our words have weight. 
Yeah. Letting our words have weight yep. is important. Now, you may say, how in the world did you all get from going to jail and persecution to this? Well, I'll tell you, because I'm going to wrap it and bring it right back. I think as we continue to preach truth and stick to truth and defend truth, that will be the thing to get us in trouble. Yeah. It is not, um, there will be things of we've been falsely accused or something like that. But at the end of the day, the enemy hates truth. And what I see in America more than anything is a season and a day coming where truth is so despised and we have a generation that calls right wrong and wrong right, sweet bitter and bittersweet, that Christians will become or will begin to go to jail for speaking truth and living according to truth. And we already see it, like you talked about cancel culture. Um, Christians are canceled all the time because of our views on um homosexuality or something like that you know we we stand to truth but also it's not just homosexuality it's living before marriage like that's still we still preach against that we think it's we think your cohabitation is a sin too and you say well we're not doing anything it's the appearance of even paul tells us not to stay not even to give it the appearance of it we're to stay away from it and so we when we begin and continue to preach truth I believe that will be the thing that offends the enemy and he'll start to give offense to other people. And I can definitely foresee a day to where believers, pastors, leaders, teachers, people like what we do on the radio will start coming under much harsher penalties, maybe even imprisonments, um, shutdowns, whatever it looks like. Um, And are we going to do it with joy? Are we going to walk faithfully through it? Will um, Will we say... We will continue regardless of what you do to us or what you say to us or what you threaten us with. We will continue in truth. And I think, again, going back to truth is the big thing. I'm not, I'm not, going, to go to, I'm not going to go to jail for something I think may be right. But I will go to jail for something I know Scripture says to be right. Amen. Um, does that answer your question at all? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was, I don't even think there was really an answer to the question. I think it was just like a, what would you call that, like a food for thought like mm-hmm. a prompting question yeah if that makes sense a discussion question yeah amen well we are going to read this second trivia question for the day sponsored by higdon land survey and we'll give you this opportunity during this last break to get your name in for the drawing and then we are going to draw for this 25 dollars dollar general gift card after the break friday question number two and what epistle did does paul promote the public reading of scripture and what epistle does paul promote the public reading of scripture 270-257-2689. We'll be right back here after the break on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network. All righty, we are back on this beautiful, beautiful July 14th, 2023. It's going to be a pretty day, 92 degrees, though. It's going to be a little warm, so make sure you... Take an ice pack or something with you today to put on your head. Just kidding. I don't think that's healthy. Uh, they used to tell me all the time when I would play baseball and catching and all this heat that you're not supposed to put ice water on your head. And they told me of a story of a boy who I think they said died or something. I'm like, well, that was scary. Um, so <laughs> I never put ice water on my head after that. Um, but it was it's a good day to be alive and it's gonna be a little warm. But we have another winner I mean we have a trivia answer. Mr. Josh Milburn, Pastor Josh Milburn got that right. And it's first Timothy four thirteen is where the in the epistles Paul promotes the public reading of scripture. Till I come give it attendance to reading, to exhortation and to doctrine. Amen.
Amen. So that means that we are ready to draw. So I guess spin let the me wheel. spin the wheel let of floor. How do you do this? Mariah does this. <laughs> Click to spin. Okay, here we go. Here we go. We are that spinning. Been bad if we couldn't spin it. We are spinning, and Billy Lastly got her. So he. Oh, oh. oh wait! It's still moving. Oh, yeah, no, it's Billy, Billy got it's it. Billy. Billy Lastly won. It almost won. went to Dwayne Kidd. It almost went. We do this. <laughs> Sorry, Dwayne. Handy dandy spinning wheel. So Mr. Pastor Billy won that. I'll bring that Sunday hey, night yeah, to perfect. me. Perfect. That works out good. Yeah, I'll bring it Sunday bring night with Sunday. me to church and give it to you then, Billy. Uh, we love Pastor Billy here. Thank a lot of Pastor Billy. Man of God, I believe he's going to be um, instrumental in what God's going to do in this community in the outpouring of his spirit. And look, so, he's got a Dollar General right by the church. That's right. They that's just, right. It's all working out. <laughs> they built us a Dollar General here. Um, we got two Dollar Generals, one family dollar, Dollar Tree, a hardware store, and one caution light. We are moving up in this world. Hey, but we have the Lord of Lords, uh, the Holy Spirit yeah. dwelling with us here. So that's all we need. Now, I do think it's funny, though, that we have a tattoo parlor, too. Oh, <laughs> I, I haven't seen that. Yeah, we have a tattoo place. Uh, we don't have we don't have anything else. We just have Dollar Generals, Family Dollar, Dollar Tree, and tattoos. I mean, we, we what else could you ask for in a community, right? Um, but no, it's it's good. God's good. Um, you got any more things for us to discuss this morning, Hannah? Uh-huh. Is that it? I think we might have discussed this one. It was okay. about the seven churches. I think we might have We've hit it, it before, yeah. But um it was what what which of the seven churches are we do we think as a whole right now in the body of Christ? That's a difficult one. <sighs> the most li- like when it comes to looking at the description, yeah. The most in common. Yeah, um I don't know. I think a lot of times we want to say we're the Laodicean church who's kind of lukewarm, that has left its um, left its first love. Or is that the lukewarm is the Laodicea church. Um, left Leaving the first love is the Ephesian church. And uh, I'm, I'm I know eat, you preached about Thyatira. Yeah. That's kind of where I would, I don't know, Thyatira is the one that I feel like we we don't talk about much, but I think we're, I think we're really close. Um, but then again, I look at all these and I pulled up my graph, just a graph, just to see it in front of me. Um, you know, the condemnation for Thyatira was allowing Jezebel to teach idolatry and compromise. And to me, we are there in the church. Yeah. But then also there seems to be a Ephesians. We've left our first love because we've become more consumed with entertainment and light shows and making sure the music's perfect, but not the one to celebrate the one who's we're singing too perfect. You know, it's yeah. like, and then you can go to, you know, um, you can go to Laodicea, lukewarm, wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I mean, like, we seem to be there too. And then Sardius, you are dead, works not complete. Like, all of these things, um, I don't know. So it's maybe like, it's not a one. Maybe it's uh, how many are we like? That's, it's, I think it's a, like almost like. We, it's concerning, but then we see a remnant rising as well like yeah like we see that the church as a whole but then we see god's work in the midst of it it's i don't know it's uh, it's complex most people will say that um these are timelines um churches representing timelines I, I will always fall back to these were real churches um i think 
Jesus was actually really having John write to real churches. Um, but then, you know, there is some things lining up and running over. Um, but I think we're experiencing a lot of them as we speak. I think Thyatira is the one that we resemble a lot that we never talk about. We stick to the the, the mainstream ones. Yes, but Thyatira allowing Jezebel to teach idolatry and compromise. Basically, in reality, it's allowing the ones who threaten to leave or the ones with gift who manipulates. Because we have a lot of manipulation going on in the church world today. And because of the manip- manipulation, we're allowing things to be taught and preached behind pulpits or being forced to teach or preach things behind pulpits that is idolatrous and lies because we can't afford to lose that person or lose that person. And I'm just going to tell you this. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm learning as a pastor every single day. Like I'm learning, I'm young, I'm growing. I think every pastor should be learning and growing. So I don't think you ever need to feel like you arrive. But if I ever get to the point to where a high tither comes up to me and tells me to do something and I do it because I don't want to lose them, I retire. I mean, I'm just retire. I'm done. Because now I'm serving people and not serving Jesus. And that's one of the reasons I've always safeguarded my heart not to know what people tithe in the house. I don't count tithes. I don't know what people give. I never look at personal records. I never do anything like that. I know I have the numbers in front of me, what we took in. I know all the budgets. Um, so in all the ministries that we have, I pretty much know everything that's coming in and going out as a, as a like as a whole overview. But as for details, I don't know who tithes what. Because I'm not going to have somebody come in my office and say, I'm a high tither and you need to listen to me or I'll take my tithe somewhere else. And you know what I'll tell them? Bless you. Take it somewhere else. Because I will not be manipulated. I will refuse to let Jezebel reign supreme. And um, I've done it. Like, you know, I've had people come up to me and, well, as one of the highest tithers in the church, you really should ask my opinion on this. I'm like, I'm asking God's opinion first and foremost. And then I talk to the leaders and the elders and I'm not being manipulated. And I think today in the church world that we have such high budgets, we have such things, and we are, we, oh my goodness, I'm going to say this and I'm going to get in trouble, but Josh Milburn said we were preaching well, so I'll just keep on preaching. Maybe I'll get an amen from him. Is that we have actually learned to trust people's tithe more than we trust trusted in God. And we think that actually at the end of the day, our provision is people tithe. Our provision is God. Yeah. People tithe because they love the Lord, and people give out of generosity. But at the end of the day, like, the Lord provides. Yep. The Lord will sell a cow if he needs to. Well, at the end of the day, our finances, if we're born again, are supposed to be his finances. They're not supposed to be our own anymore. And uh-huh. so at that point, even trying to use that to manipulate or feel like we have to cater to certain people— because they they give it it really we shouldn't view it as their giving we should view it as God provided it through mm-hmm. that person because God provided it for that person before that person ever passed it along exactly but we think our provision is coming from people our but provision it's not. never comes it's from coming people from God yes and and I think that what happens is we've learned to cater to people because we think that's where the provision of the church is coming from. And we trust in people to provide for the church. But in reality, God builds his church. Mm-hmm. And if God gives you a vision, he always gives you the provision. But when we begin to appease people and not appease God, then we learn to let them be our idol and be our provision. And so I'm, I'm, when people give into Bethel Fellowship, they're not giving into my ministry. They're not giving into the ministry of Bethel. They're giving into the kingdom. And... 
I think that at the end of the day, what we do is we will do anything to try to hold on to that because we are thoroughly persuaded as leaders that is what's going to provide for the church. But if we will preach truth, if we will live truth, if we will continue, and going back to the previous conversation before the break, this is going to become even more important because as we continue to be deceived and as that great falling away begins to happen, people within leadership teams, people within elders boards, people within deacon boards, people within whatever kind of leadership you all have in your church, there will be people that's not living for the Lord that will want their own will accomplished. And if we are not careful, we will fall subject to allowing Jezebel to teach idolatry and compromise all for the sake of her tithe to become coming in or her provision just to keep coming in. But my provision has not come. Bethel's vision provision, Madge's provision, Clarkson Community's provision, all these church are in there. It's not from people. It's from the Lord. And we always got to remember that. And if, But if we ever see provision for the vision only coming from people, then that is when Jezebel will take a root because then they have a hold. And we have failed to trust God and we have succeeded in trusting people and people will let you down. Yeah. I might as well get in trouble this morning. So Well, it's the truth and I think it's it's not always easy to see when things are happening. Um but when finances have control with it, I feel like that's when you know, the scripture talks about money being the root of all evil. Mm-hmm. It's not the tool, it's the intent behind it. Mm. It's the intent behind the giving. Yep. Is it to control somebody? Is it so that there can be manipulation or is it genuine just being obedient and letting the Lord yeah. just flow it through your hand? Yep. Because when you give or you tithe or you give offerings that, you know, it is blessing to you with the right intention, with a good heart. God loves a cheerful giver. We talk about this a lot in Sherathon. You can sow as much as you want, but if you don't sow with purpose and you don't sow with faith and you don't sow with intentionality, you're just throwing it out there and it's not going to come back. Um, but when you sow, it is important, and it is important to give to your church. I just always want to remind us, because if we ever think that's where our provision is coming from, that's what gives Jezebel permission to speak, is because I've seen pastors bow down. And and I will tell you, it is very um, appealing. Like, it's hard. Like, when you see budgets, you see numbers, you see what's coming in, it is it is is at that moment as a leader, you got to make a conscientious decision. Do I trust God or do I trust people's checkbook? Because if we trust in people's checkbook, we will always try to do anything to appease the checkbook. But if we trust God, we understand that he has given us the vision. And because he has given us the vision, he will always give us the provision. And that's whenever we're willing to go to jail for truth. That's when we're we're willing to stay in truth. This is, and I mean, we always want to love people. We, I, I'm very thankful for anybody that sows in. I'm not saying we shouldn't sow in the ministries. I'm not saying I want people to quit giving because God's just going to send it from heaven. He will use you to give. But at the end of the day, we cannot continue to be manipulated by Jezebel because Jezebel's always used her power to get what she wanted. And that's the spirit behind Jezebel, whether it's sexual morality, whether it's economic, whether it's power, authority, Whatever it is, she's always used that to try to manipulate a situation or even fear, anxiety. That's what she did to Elijah. She kind of used her power after he killed her prophets, prophets of Baal. You know, and she said, you know, let me be dead if you're not dead by this time tomorrow. She's terrified. 
Elijah. She's always threatening. She's always doing this because Elijah didn't do what she wanted him to do. And if somebody didn't do it, and I don't know. That's all why the, the voice of truth is something that I, I was doing a study on spiritual warfare and, you know, different. And Jezebel was, you know, in that. And it talks about how she wants to cut off the voices. Mm-hmm. I mean, she didn't like Elijah because she Elijah spoke the voice, released the voice of the Lord into the earth. Yep. The voice of truth. Yeah. And she, she doesn't want that. She, she doesn't want con- truth being spoken. She didn't have control over his voice. Yep. And she hates that. Yep. Um, that's good stuff. But then if you look to Laodicea, you know, he says, I want you to be hot or cold, not lukewarm, because if you're lukewarm, I'll spit you out of the mouth. And if you look at where Laodicea was, there was a hot spring and a cold spring. Mm-hmm. And he's basically saying this, the hot spring provided medicinal purposes, the cold spring re- provided refreshing. He said, I either want you to be a person who's refreshing or a person who's healing, a person who's giving something, some kind of quality to progress people forward, to move people forward. I want you to be hot or cold. I need you to be doing something. But when you're lukewarm, you do nothing. Yep. And there's a lot of people right now who have served the Lord for many years who have grown weary in good doing, and they haven't grown into lukewarmness because of they just hate the Lord or hate the ministry or anything like that. It's a slow It's a fade. slow fade, and they're like, we've got to stay the course. And in due season, if we faint not, we will reap. reap. And I yeah. think a lot of people's fainted. Yeah, that scripture gets taken out of context so much, the hot or cold. Mm-hmm. It, like everyone, a lot of people try to say that it's either on fire for the Lord or cold and not even a Christian, yeah. and not serving the Lord at all. Yeah. And I don't ever see where the Lord's, I would, I want you to be like that. You know, he wants all men to be saved. Yeah. And so that scripture is saying nothing like that. Now, the thing he does not want you to do is to proclaim his name and do nothing. Yeah. That's lukewarm. That's lukewarm. And then if you go to the church of Ephesus, where they were doing all these great things, they were proven to be apostles. They were proven people to be apostles or not. Yet they have left the one that they actually fallen in love with. And, yeah. um, I definitely, it's, I'm not condemning anybody because I think I've walked in all of these, Yeah, <laughs> you know, and that's what Greg Carwell said. He says for him, he sees it a lot like churches representative individuals where you are individually, which church do you line up with? Examine yourself. I think there is an application where we can see these seven churches and say, well, which one of these do I struggle with? Yeah. What do I need to repent about? I think we need to do it, yeah, on a personal level and a corporate level, mm-hmm. for sure. I think that's why we, we have these. It's actually a conviction and discipline is such a good thing. Like, <laughs> we need to stop making it, like, a bad thing. It's good. You know, the Lord disciplines the ones who he loves. And conviction, it's always better to, like, just submit and receive the conviction than to just keep ignoring it because it's just going to keep getting more oh, yeah. and more like these churches. Mm-hmm. And the difference between, see, condemnation and conviction, the indi- the difference between condemnation and conviction is the end game. Condemnation is basically say, you're done. You are um, going to be judged. You have gone too far. I'm condemning you. Conviction is trying to get you to somewhere of restoration. And conviction pushes us forward. Condemnation pushes us down. And I think we always have to be careful to operate in conviction. And conviction will bring growth. Yeah. And I think that's what he's doing to the body today. I think even when, you know, I've been 
praying about how to speak the truth in the right way or speak when the spirit wants me to speak up, but speaking the truth in the right spirit in love. Sure. Um, and I think that's even true when we are speaking to others or others are speaking into us is the truth that's being shared beating us down with it? Are we beating down with the truth or lifting up and trying to say hard that now hard things may be spoken, but in the in the intention of building and that person growing and thriving yep. and being edified because hard things do have to be spoken. Hard things have to be spoken. Yep. We can't really sugarcoat the truth, um, but we don't have to sugarcoat the truth if it's being spoken in love because at that point we're lifting up and doing being obedient to what the Lord's uh, putting on our heart to speak. Yep. And speaking true things and hard things are not very fun. They're never popular, but if we do it in the right spirit, they're almost always profitable. And so, and I think for unity, you know, mm -hmm. kind of we're about out of time, but I think all of this actually that we've spoken today is factors of unity like stepping stones to to getting that unity in the body because we have to deal with the hard things um we have to speak about the things that aren't you know necessarily pleasant but the byproduct of that of letting the the spirit heal us and convict us and grow us and work on us is that unity because it restores those relationships in the body of christ it restores the one mind and one accord we're all on the same page with what the Lord's doing and what transforming our mind. And so that's where I, what I'm for. Like yeah. I'm excited for the unity that's coming. And yes, it's not always going to be butterflies and daisies. Like there's going to be the hard conversations, the hard convictions, but the result of it is going to be a church that's stronger and brighter than ever before yep. in the earth. And um, be willing to receive those hard conversations are never fun. Um and I've been on the side where I had to give them, and then I've been on the side where I've had to receive them. And neither side is fun. Um, but at the end of the day, even if that conversation wasn't immediately profitable, in the long term, I've realized how profitable they are. Mm-hmm. And you may leave a conversation like that frustrated, mad, angry, offended, but as you begin to unravel and the Lord uses that conversation, what I have found most of the time is it's profitable. Um, almost yeah. every single time. Once I, I don't know who shared this with me, but it's just a quick little, like mm-hmm. it kind of goes along with what we're saying, is that five minutes of awkward, like a five minute awkward or hard conversation can save you a lifetime of um, regret. Mm-hmm. That's true. <laughs> I can see that. I like that. I like that. Well, we're on our way out. We're praying for every church this weekend. Um that the Father would pour His love out on all people and His Spirit would be poured out on all sons and daughters. And I believe that God's using great things. Pastor, preach truth, preach fire. Um, Don't preach to impress people, but preach to equip people. And um, I think that is the significant thing about ministering before is never preaching to impress, but preaching to equip. And we've had some great conversations today, and I know God's going to use them, and I know God's working in a mighty way. And we're just humbled and honored that you give us your ear two hours every single weekday from 7 to 9 a.m. Central Time here on the Box 2 Radio Network. Um, Hannah, any closing thoughts for the weekend? Um, I've just, you know, you're encouraging the pastors, and I just want to encourage any worship leaders or, you know, people who are praying for the worship leaders um, just to, you know, be ministering to the Lord and not, you know, 
as well pleasing people yes and, and that can be hard the mindset um just a renewing of our minds as we're worshiping the lord and not only the leaders but just us all coming together and gathering and worshiping Amen. together um we're coming to minister to the lord to pour out our oil to to bring our worship to for him um and get those distractions out of the way amen amen well, we're about to head out for this morning. We sure do love you guys a whole lot. Thank you so much for another great week of Mornings of Box 2 Radio. God is good. He, Whatever you're going through this morning, He is more than enough. Cry out to Him, and He will rescue, redeem, revive, restore, and lift up. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday morning, 7 a.m. Central Time, here on Mornings of Box 2 Radio on the Box 2 Radio Network.